Did you know that 9 out of 10 UK shoppers will abandon a store using US dollars? I did not know that. Did you also know if someone leaves your store to use a currency converter, two out of three won't return? Well, that doesn't sound good. Not showing prices in customers' local currency might be one of the biggest contributors to your bounce rate. What do I do? If you ship internationally, a multi-currency app is an absolute must. Okay, which one should I get? Well, the folks at Bold make the best multi-currency app out there. What's so great about it? It auto-detects where your customers are shopping from and then shows them their correct local currency so you don't lose them in the first second that they load the site. How? It syncs in real time with a currency database, so it's always up to date. Can I adjust those rates? If you set it to sync real-time rates but want to pad that conversion by a few percent to net a little extra for yourself, you could do that too. What else can it do? It optionally supports vanity pricing, so if you wanted all your prices to end in, say, 99 cents, it could do that for you as well. Sold. How do I get it? Right now, Bold is offering listeners of the unofficial Shopify podcast their Bold multi-currency app free for two months. Just go to curdelster.com slash bold to install it and claim your exclusive offer. That's curdelster.com slash bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup. And it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. You got one? Did We're you twinsies. know? We're twinsies. <laughs> Did you know that I didn't? realize that I was Mexican until my 20s. This is like a minefield I'm about to say right now, but you may be like technically Mexican, but you pass. I pass as white. Yes, I do. My name and my appearance. But my mom grew up in Mexico City. Her family goes back generations in Mexico. My great uncle is a Mexican historical figure, Saavedo Amador. And she has never once said the phrase, I'm Mexican. Because she's terrified of discrimination. And she wanted me to avoid the same fate. Okay, but your mother also is not... It's that, it's that your family... you you stopped and that it was sort of like they, yes, they were in Mexico for generations. And before that they were in Spain where they then conquered Mexico and they're very white. (laughs) Well, yeah, but point by family tree, there's clearly, I've got like the full family tree because I've got this historical figure and there are genuine native American Mexicans in there. All right. Well, it's just sort of like, it's interesting in that we're opening this specific episode with a discussion of like what constitutes whiteness because, you know, a hundred years ago, I would not be white. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Italians weren't white. No, I know were Italians like... were discriminated against for a long time. No, they were not. They were not white. Huh? Whiteness is a entirely invented category that only defines itself by who is not white. Like I, I, I guarantee, in like in like fifty years, and this is already starting. In like fifty years, people that we now would. Co- say are like hispanic will be considered white hmm. but yeah Did the not. irish weren't white the what? italians weren't white yeah the irish, the irish burst irish into white. flame if they enter direct sunlight okay it's, it has nothing to do with your skin color <laughs> it's entirely really? a construct of society today on the unofficial shopify podcast it's a little different a little sensitive we're doing our best but we are witnessing what is What has to be the largest civil rights movement in world history. Protests occurring simultaneously in all 50 U.S. states and over a dozen countries along with it. So, 
with something that absolutely unprecedented and something we're all experiencing talking about, we can't not talk about it on this show, right? Because a lot of people are looking at social media and how people respond to it and how brands respond to it. So on today's show, we are going to discuss how merchants are responding to the Black Lives Matter movement first. And we, you know, I don't necessarily know how to talk about it. I don't think anybody does, but we're, we're going to honestly fumble our way through it and hope that that discussion helps people. And then after that, uh, we got a few, few Q&A questions to go over from the group. A quick win that someone posted in the group that I liked a lot. And finally, a website teardown of DTC Darling Bombas. They make socks, among other things. <laughs> Mr. Rita, how was that for an intro? That was good. Sounds good. Yeah, I feel like... Well, I think we're at a situation where no matter what you do or don't say, you're going to piss somebody off at this moment. So we may as well discuss it. And if that pisses some people off, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, we hope we don't piss you... Well, it depends. If we... Depends on how we piss you off. If we piss certain people, we piss off. We'll be like, we don't care. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. If, <laughs> yeah. If you if you come at me with that all lives matter bullshit, you know, at that point, you don't let the door hit you on the way out. But I'm proud of the I'm proud of the uh, our Facebook group and that we only had to ban like one person this week. So you it's know, true. great job, guys. <laughs> so on uh, on Monday. I posted in our Facebook group, which has, uh, I believe, about 3,300 members now. And I, I pinned the post and I said, serious discussion, how are you handling social media right now? And that resulted in uh, something like 50 comments, great discussion. Um, I opened it myself by declaring my first stance in there. And <coughs> then you had a great discussion. And I was, I was terrified. I was watching that thing like a hawk for it to just e explode into a, a complete horror show. But it didn't. It not only did it, it, it stay civil, there was a lot of engagement and a lot of people opening up and being honest and that they're like, well, you know, uh, I, I don't know what to do or what is and isn't appropriate. And so we'll read some of those comments. Um, and we only had one person who showed up with stuff with just like straight up white supremacist talking points. And they were promptly removed and banned. See ya. Bye, Felicia. But I mean, come on. Only one person. I was I was pleased to see that we the things did not completely devolve. Yeah, and I was sort of like, you know, they, they made a shitty comment, and I was like, all right, I don't want to ban anyone the first time they say something that's kind of shitty. Like, we're not going to rule with that iron of a fist. And then you were like, fuck no, they're banned. And I was like, <laughs> mm, I think that's a little, I think that's a little bit overreacting right away. Well, you saw and then it I as... looked at, And then I looked at their Facebook wall and was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is bad. You saw it as a, um, as a teaching moment. You're like, well, we could respond to this. And... I could I had considered that as well, but I'm like, no, nah, you know, zero tolerance. This has got to go because I did. I viewed it as like this is very clearly a racist talking point. Their comments. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're um, gone now. Uh, yeah. See ya. So I guess the question is, it's like, can you still do a business while all this shit is going on? And the answer. Okay, the, answer the answer is, there yes. is yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. Like continue to do business. The the way I approached it was number. You know, I thought about it, and I think the if you want, I think the the bare minimum is at least for last week. I don't know what's going to happen this week because we're recording this on uh, on Friday. What is the date today? June fifth. The fifth. Yeah, and then it publishes on the eighth. So for for last week, as of the recording, I think number one, it's you you pause social media. That like, all right, step one, pause social media to show it, it is out of respect and it is so you, you know, whatever nonsense, which like some will suddenly seem inconsequential to a lot of people is not extra noise drowning out the signal of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement in which people are genuinely uh, trying to enact social change because they're upset about the deaths of many people like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor um, and Ahmed Arbery. So step one is just pause your content so that that conversation could continue. 
right, without extra noise in there. Well, and it's just going to look weird if you're having, like, wacky ads appear next to all that stuff. So I think there's a... When I, when I said pause content, I think there was a, a distinction between organic social media content and ads. We saw it's felt like pretty much everybody paused their social media content. Um, but I would, my suspicion is less than half of Facebook advertisers pause their ads. Now, whether they did that out of solidarity or rising cost per acquisition, I don't know. But, the, but that, that's what we saw was, uh, I would guess about a third had paused their, their ads during that time. Yeah. All right. So let's say step one is pause everything. Step two, post solidarity. We saw that on Tuesday with the social media blackout, um, you know, especially on Instagram with the, the black squares everywhere. And then third, you know, the, the step to go further is urge action. And ideally urge action by, uh, by being the change, by demonstrating, by, by donating, by doing whatever it is you can do. The question is, and well, what's the, the backlash? And I think the for the people who are offended that you would post solidarity with a civil rights movement, you it's the trash taking itself out. You probably didn't want them as customers anyway. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I like it. <laughs> and then um, you know what we heard for the people who did uh, post solidarity is they got a lot of you know, the backlash was not anywhere near uh, what they, they feared. And instead, they got just a lot of love and solidarity. I have been, on uh, my personal accounts, I have been uh, very vocal about my support. And I have not had, other than uh, an interaction in our neighborhood Facebook group with <laughs> when I called somebody out, um, I have not had uh, negative, negative pushback and have gotten a lot of like, uh, uh, support and solidarity. So I think I got I got lucky. Yeah, those those uh, those like next doors and stuff like that. Those places are shitholes. It's terrible oh, in there. <laughs> brutal. I don't know. I'm just kind of wondering. Can it be a little too much? Like I'm moving next week, so I'm call I I'm calling Comcast, and it's funny because you know I've been dealing with all of these other businesses, and they've been and I've had to like sit through them going over like, hey. During these difficult times, we care a lot about what is happening in the world. And I'm like, wait, is this for the current shit show or for the previous shit show of last month? Like, which shit show are they worried about? Well, 2020 is dark times. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. No one is arguing that 2020 is not uh, a wild ride. Yeah. So it's sort of, but it's, yeah, it's sort of just like, I. Do you need every single piece of corporate communication to like acknowledge um, that there's upheavals going on right now? Like people are hearing it in all the other places. Like you don't necessarily need to be the one to stick your nose in. Am I wrong? Well, I think a, a movement looks for allies. So yeah. yeah, some people I've seen people get criticized for like, well, you're not doing enough. And I don't necessarily think that that's right. Because we should be, like, more voices, more allies, more support is a good thing. Even if you feel it didn't go far enough, it's still net positive. Um, I think the risk for people in staying silent and saying nothing because they're trying to avoid controversy is that people can and many will assume you're a racist or a coward. Coward. Pick one. Um, so I, cert I think last week there was... there we went beyond the point where you could stay neutral. I don't know. No one. Well, okay. Like, that's I don't want to. I just, no I, one does. I don't like the idea of like yelling at someone like you need to get out here and like cover your store and black lives matter stuff right now. Like, I agree. I don't want to feel, I don't, certainly you don't want someone to, to voice support because they got pressured into it. Yeah. I, there, there is not a right answer. I mean, well, and then like, I don't know. and there's obviously the worry of like you trying to say something and then fucking it comes it, across fucking wrong. it up. Yeah, and I mean to yeah. to go into our thread, um, one of the store owners, um, Orion Brown, who doing yeoman's work in that thread, she owns a uh, a black uh, skincare line and black hair care products. Um, she said, uh, if you're unsure how to express empathy and compassion today, it's okay. Many of us struggle to do this well. 
race, politics, and the like are tough subjects to broach in a professional setting, and sometimes it's hard to know what to say or where to draw the line between support, debate, and just plain saying too much. And, you know, so I think I think it's fine to kind of be like, hey, everyone marching in the streets, those people are right. And making it clear that you feel that way and your company feels that way. But, I don't know, having like a Black Lives Matter sale, not not so good. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> God. <laughs> No. Oh, don't. No. <laughs> Not so good. Not so good. No. Bad. Uh, Carol in the group had said, I've been struggling with how to respond. But period. Done. I think that is how everybody felt. I doubt there are. are there's. I, I doubt there's really anybody who woke up on Tuesday or woke up on Monday and went, hmm. I know exactly how to handle this because nothing like this is nothing like this situation has ever happened before. You know, a pandemic uh, followed by 20% unemployment, 20%. Well, 13% now, uh, but yeah, yeah. Record unemployment. And, and then on top of that uh, record civil unrest and uh, civil rights movement. No one, no one knows how to respond to that. Because it's never happened before. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're like, well, I don't know what to do. Welcome. Join us. I guess we're just like, all right, so just uh, keep muddling through, I guess. No, my point is... It fits into what what we always preach and what we've preached to all all of you listening for years, which is your brand is you. You are the brand. Personalize it. Make it about you. So you, as the person the avatar of the brand can be like, yep, the people protesting in the streets are right. They need to, you know, they've been mistreated by society and society needs to start fixing that shit. And I think that that's fully a move that is fitting within what we preach to business owners and with the moral requirements of today. This is an awkward episode, but it has to be discussed. It would be weird if we did not discuss it. Yeah. All right, going back to the comments, the Gabe had said, and I think this is pe- like this speaks to people's fear. We're treading very lightly. We usually post a couple times per day. We created a post in support of our position and got threats and harassment. We blocked someone on Instagram. They came to our store, <laughs> threatening and harassing us. It was scary and disheartening to say the least. That was the only story like that. Um, and when he posted that, I'm guessing that it was the week prior. Um, where the su- support was not as as loud or as vocal as it is now. I think for the most part, the sentiment was like, I don't know what to do and I don't want to risk sounding insensitive. Less than people worrying about you know, being attacked by unhinged individuals like poor Gabe. And he added, he said, well, we, we did also receive a number of messages and comments in support of our position. I think the way through that is if you're like, well, I agree, I agree with all of this and I want to show that like my corporate stance or whatever, or ethics is with this, but I don't want to do it and screw it up. Well, the best way to handle that then is to boost other people's voices. That's how yeah, hit it's that like, retweet button. Yeah, hit that retweet button. I don't know. Is there like a repost on Instagram? I don't know. Uh, well, you get you could get an app to do reshare. Yeah, you, or just screenshot stuff. Yeah, screenshot shop. Yeah, share it on Facebook. Uh, boosting the voices of people that seem to know a lot more what that what they're talking about than you do, and like you agree with their stances. Like that's how you do it. You use your megaphone to boost others. If you yes. don't feel comfortable saying it for yourself throwing your hat fully in the ring courtney said we're making donations and rallying our followers to do the same we launched a fundraiser shirt for which 100 percent of profits will be donated to black lives matter anything else feels wrong amber i have two stores and one was down the street from a peaceful protest ended up having a f- just a few people turned into a riot i wasn't going to say anything but i got so many messages from our customers i decided i had to say something i don't typically bring any political or social issues into my business but it doesn't feel like it could be avoided. I didn't post anything else today. I just don't want to seem totally tone deaf. So I think like I think people they don't want to unintentionally offend somebody. Like that phrase tone deaf comes up a lot. 
or insensitive. They say tone deaf or insensitive yeah, a lot. Like that's their fear. Because I think, um, you know, the, let's be honest, the majority of our group is white people. And the thing is, is that like they have not been taught how to like discuss race in like a respectful manner. I guess because you know, like America's so segregated, like most people don't have a lot of interaction across their races, um, or if they do, it's in like highly, highly professional, like regulated settings. Uh, so it's like, yeah, you know, when the time comes to kind of be like, okay, well, now I got to talk about this. Well, I don't know what to do, and like, I don't want to be a bad person. At least it's good that most of them are worried about being bad people. <laughs> yes, that is good. Like the the people, I think. There's, there's this assumption that if you stayed silent, it's because you are not being supportive. And at least in the case of uh, these small business owners, the sentiment was, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to be supportive wrong. And that's where I, I don't think it's, I think people need to be really careful when they, when someone's try. their intent is they're trying to be supportive, but they've never discussed race before like this. So they maybe didn't do it in exactly the right way. So help them and, and tread lightly and, and be nice. And remember, like, their intent was positive. But again, yeah, if if you're just like, uh, if you're too antsy about doing it, find other people and boost them. My wife uh, has been um, has been very vocal about her support. And she only had, she had a couple like just kind of crazy sounding messages that were incoherent, so we ignored those. Those don't count. Um, and one person who said, J you know, they unfollowed and they have to tell you about it. I said, I unfollowed you because you, and it was literally like l a week prior. She, my wife had said, um, if you know, if worrying about a a theme park being closed is your biggest problem, you need to check your privilege. And a week later, this woman's like, you're too political, and I unfollowed you because you said you need to check your privilege, and I feel that's judgy. Um, and so she, she said, adios, screenshot it, posted stories, and just, like, nonstop support from people. So I think, like, the fear of, oh, I'm going to lose customers. I don't think you are. I really don't at this point. If, you're, if you want to be supportive, and you want to throw your... If you want to be supportive... Um, and the thing that's stopping you is like, well, to destroy my income. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think we are, the tide has turned. We are well beyond that. Yes, 100%. And I, and I think that's the other thing is like people feel like, well, you know, um, people want to be part of a group. They don't want to be out on an island, you know, making a declaration or if they, you know, or a lot less people are going to want to do that. So you saying something makes all the other people who also feel that way it makes it easier for them to also say something and like yes. there's all the and you're like oh geez i don't know am i the only one that thinks like this uh there's like a huge group of people that all are together on that and you'll you'd be surprised at like the outpouring of support you'd get yeah yeah i've gotten nothing but support um i think a lot of people are seeing a lot of support and we saw that in the comments as well all right now that we have we have we have discussed awkwardly race in America. Any closing thoughts before we, we move forward? Uh, no, but um, just to say that we as a company, you and I as a partnership, uh, we're fully on board with all this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we had uh, two weeks ago, we were already, as soon as the, bay, the, the protest started, um, my wife and I were donating to uh, bail funds. We donated to Minnesota Bail Fund. Um, we donated to our local Chicago Bail Fund. Um, and then uh, our team, the, so uh, our agency, EtherCycle, our team is nine people. I matched uh, any donation that anyone on our team made. Uh, if they sent me the receipt. I matched it plus 20% up to $2,500. So it uh, certainly we're not doing nothing. And I've been... I've been very vocal on uh, my personal Facebook and Instagram stories. And then you know, on Twitter, I, I made my position clear. But then after that, I didn't because Twitter is so great for discourse. I really avoided posting, but instead just retweeted a lot of people who were, were better spoken than I am. So, but I think like, I really like your point that, hey, 
we always say people buy for people, not brands. You are your brand as a small business owner. So I don't, it, I think you should give up on separating that and stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and to all the people that are sort of like, um, well, I don't want to get political and this is too political or whatever. It's like everything. We're beyond that. Well, and it's also literally everything is political. It's like, oh, well, um, I have a question about the shipping rates on my store. It's like, oh, you shipping? Oh, that's uh, political? Like the existence of uh, the Postal Service, uh, the existence of UPS and like privatized package places, the state of the roads, like trucker unionization. You know, it's like anything you want to say. We're going to ask a question. We're going to answer. Someone's got a question right now about SMS. Uh, messaging. It's like, yeah, SMS messaging. That's political. It's like privacy rights, uh, deregulation, the telecoms industry. You know, like it's all political. All things you see at all times are political. You just don't want to acknowledge it. <laughs> well, that was brilliant. You should have opened with that. <laughs> That's so good. What? Well, that's, oh. that's just how I live my life, my man. You're smarter than me. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's move to the Q and A. Liz Watson. Liz Watson posted and said, Hey, Kurt, is there going to be another episode on Facebook ads anytime soon? I just listened to the ones with Kurt Bullock and Andrew Foxwell. They're gold. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Uh, I've got a, a post scheduled in the group um, in my social media queue in which I'm going to ask, Hey, what are your top Facebook ads questions? And then I will get uh, Kurt Bullock on the show and we will go through and answer those questions for you. So look out for that post. And if you have not yet joined our Facebook group, search on official Shopify podcast insiders uh, on Facebook. The, and then the, we had a, a question from Curtis John. Mr. Rita, would you do me the honors of reading that one? He for says, me? I've heard people talk about how SMS marketing is huge and very important, but I've not heard you mention SMS marketing at all in recent podcast episodes. Well, we like to talk about different things. <laughs> Would love to hear your take on SMS versus email marketing. Sully said, it's great to add on to your overall outbound email strategy, but not a full-blown replacement. He's talking about uh, Tyler Sully Sullivan, uh, I believe, from BombTech Golf. Or Sully commented on that yeah. uh, on his post, and I included that in the notes. Yeah, I, don't, I think the, the two misunderstandings in this question are, number one, just because we're not talking about it recently doesn't mean it's important, right? It doesn't mean it's not um, important. Doesn't mean it's not important, certainly. And two, I, w without a doubt, SMS and email are not mutually exclusive things. Very few marketing channels are mutually exclusive. SMS works wonderfully in conjunction with email. All of these things are, are other touch points. There's a reason why big brands buy radio ads, billboards, TV ads... PPC, every kind of ad you could come up with is because they're trying to improve, increase the total number of touch points with their customers. That's how you view SMS and email is you're just multiplying touch points. And that's how you build a relationship with a customer is by having as many touch points as possible. So that's the way I, I would look at that. Yeah, it's definitely, not a, it's definitely not a versus thing at all. I do want to, oh, I want to, I want to plug something. Um, Jeremy Horowitz has a uh, an SMS guide that's coming out, and he sent me a preview copy. I read it; it was really good. Um, it real it's like very much here is a practical manual on like how to build this and how to set up SMS flows for your business. So if you're like, all right, I got email figured out, I got my email automation going, how do I add SMS? Someone has written an actual playbook on how to cover that. Um, I believe it comes out this month i know it's june um so look out for that and uh jeremy if you're listening this is clearly an invitation for you to post about it in our group there's your free plug buddy what nothing you shaking your head at you me. like that stupid thing too much i that's the first time i've used it in this episode all right uh in our facebook group there was a great quick win that rachel reed posted she said uh, she talked about waitlist versus pre-order. So normally, she said in the past they had one of those notify me email captures like back in stock app or the back in stock flow that Clavio uses. So if someone visits a product and it's unavailable because so it's, it's sold out, you instead have a form up with an email and people can sign up 
And then if you've gone through the effort and set up um, an automation for this, when it comes back in stock, they'll get an email that, hey, that item you wanted, you know, that Star Wars t-shirt from three months ago is back in stock. Um, and when they did that, she said, as an example, they had, for one product, they had 130 people sign up, then seven people convert after they noticed, um, after they were notified the item was back in stock, which generated $350 in revenue. All right, eight, Rachel, thank you for sharing numbers. I appreciate it. So then they tried something new, she said. They set, instead of using the back in stock thing, they set a pre-order option at the variant level. So they left the item as available, but stated that it was a pre-order. So let's, you know, I'm not sure what the product was here. Um, but let's say it was t-shirts and the red color was out of stock. So they changed color red to, they renamed the variant. So it like, it said red pre-order, um, and below it, they display the approximate ship date and then display messaging throughout the cart and checkout to let the customer know that their order will ship with the pre-order item, your entire order. That different approach generated, uh, 51 orders and $3,000 in revenue. So basically, it's 10x more successful than the back-in-stock thing. And of course, the reason is you the back-in-stock thing is such delayed gratification versus this, they're, when they want it, they're able to make the purchase and then have it show up when it's available. Oh, and I feel like there's a lot more confidence in a pre-order than putting your email into a capture form being like, well, we'll email you if it's back-in-stock. Like, you don't know if it's going to be back-in-stock. You know, that could just, you know, who knows? Whereas if they're still taking the orders, you're kind of like, you trust more that you'll get it at some point instead of just getting a random email at some point, hopefully. Yeah. And having, having a, if you have a store where like stuff frequently goes in and out of stock, what we found when we do our customer surveys is that's a really frustrating experience for people because you know FOMO kicks in. They want the stuff they can't order. So if you've got like a couple of items that are out of stock in there, great. That's a little bit of social proof that your stuff sells out. But if you've got, you know, a third of the catalog is gone out of stock, that's just really annoying for the customers. Like, I like this, can't have it. I like this, can't get that either. <laughs> right? Yep. Whereas if you're like, hey, you could order it and we're going to send it to you. Great. That's, you know, now I know there is a, a monetary obligation that I'm going to get my thing. I just have to wait a little bit for it. Hold up. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. I know I have. There's just a pile of packages in front of my door. I can't even get the front door open. But if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit Klaviyo.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Talk to him. Shall we? We could tear down Bombas. Kurt, what is Bombas? An apparel store or something? I, I don't know. You don't have to like play coy about it. You can just tell people. No. Well, I, they sell socks. So, no, it's a, I see a lot of ads advertising them. Looks like it's t-shirts, too t-shirts i think the like the original core product was socks go to bombas.com b-o-m-b-a-s.com uh load that up and i'm sure Kurt, load it up kurt's doing a screen share or whatever with it right now yeah yeah, yeah uh, that's and screen share McGee. let's let's tie the whole episode together right there hero image black lives matter bomba stands firmly in support of our black employees partners in the entire black community there there you go can't can't argue with that that is all you need to do, all you need to say. Well, not all you need to do, but like you don't got to get crazy with it. That's exactly... Click learn more. That's exactly more an appropriate thing. And well, no, they really killed it on this page. Um, they're donating money. They're talking about the organizations they're supporting. Um, National Bail Fund Network, thumbs up. And just talking about their corporate mission. The, yeah, they did. You're right. They did do a really good job with this page. And notice the, the message, the announcement bar on the top of the page. 
It says useful, oh, useful resources to support the black community. And it goes to a collection. It's the page we're on. Oh, it's the page we're on. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's weird that it's a collection page. Well, my guess is time was of the essence. And they were like, hey, we could, this is the closest template that we could quickly modify. Yeah, so I assume this is all like jammed into the, into the description? Maybe. I don't know. This is a, a big store. There's probably fancy templates we don't know about. <laughs> all right, let's head back to the homepage. But yes, good work, Bombas. Yeah. So landing on the site, I like that the logo is in the upper left. Our menu is centered. The advantage to that is people read in that pattern, top to bottom, left to right. So when you've got whatever is in that top left of your page, you pretty much guarantee people are going to see it. So having the logo there, I really like. Having said that, on um, both of our web, on ethercycle.com and cardelster.com, I centered the logo. So take what I say <laughs> with a grain of salt. Do as I say, not as I do. And I often, I often preach about in your main menu, you can't, you should the main menu should be exclusively about shopping um and anything else should go in a secondary menu like a top menu or the footer bombus has ignored my advice entirely and is uh, far more successful than i am so you'll get there one day oh thank you i appreciate it i crossed i believe in you the well we're business partners so you should hope so no i'm just gonna ride them coattails what do you what do you think of this homepage? what are we doing with this homepage? I don't know, because it's like things are weird right now. But like on a normal time, I would be like, can we get some products up on this homepage? Like it's entirely about them as the brand. There's there's yeah, like there's right. shop pride. We don't know what this homepage looks like normally. But yeah, like they have their obviously they have like their it's June is also Pride Month to add that on top of it of all the stuff. Uh, but so there's like their shop pride collection. And, you know, they do that thing, which I think Tom's invented. Tom's really pioneered that, yeah. Tom's Shoes, yeah. Where they, if you buy one pair, they donate a pair to someone. Yes. And this really kicked off um, a, a uh, charitable marketing or, like, social business movement where whatever your product is, you donate, for whatever people buy, you donate one of that. And in this case, um, they have a giving directory on here, just kind of clever. I've never seen anything like this. Find where socks are donated near you, and you can find a giving partner. If you're interested in volunteering or locating a nearby organization that donates Bomba's donation, it's an odd phrase, enter your zip code below. Uh, I, I did, and I got The Harbor, which is apparently a uh, youth homelessness uh, charity that provides shelters for homeless youths in Park Ridge. So yeah. that sounds good to me. That's our hometown. So I think like one of one of my criticisms of sites that have a clear uh, charitable or social mission is that I'm immediately cynical and skeptical. So the fact that they have prominently featured a thing that makes them no money saying, hey, you like we got the receipts. If you want to see where we're donating to, you can and you want to help, you could do that. And then uh, in the footer, I see they've. They are a certified B Corp. So it gives them a lot of legitimacy. And it's not, you know, for someone who's like, all right, I'm going to do social good and talk about it as part of my business. It's not your fault that I am cynical or skeptical, but there's just enough scumbags out there that, um, that immediately my, my radar goes off when I see these things. Whereas here, I'm like, I'm convinced that this is legit. Two things. One, I think to go back to like our everything everything is holistic everything is political i think people overestimate overestimate the amount of scumbaggery that exists in the world or at least you know in terms of like charitable things where they're sort of like you know well you know i could give money to all these charities but like i know someone's gonna end up scamming me and it's like okay so you're gonna do nothing because like one out of the 20 might be a scam so you end up doing nothing so like in the end nothing you you know not that you made the world worse but like you kind of denied everyone because you thought one was bad so fix your hearts everyone and then <laughs> number two um i know we've talked about this before there's like a right way to do this and a wrong way to do it and you know there are sites that are sort of just like yeah um a portion of the sale will go to the human fund not even saying the human fund just like 
diabetes. Like, that's it. That's It will say a portion of this sale goes to diabetes. And you're done, and they have that everywhere. That, I'm always like, that shit's a scam. Like, who cares? Or they're donating, like, a nickel out of the thing that they're selling for full price. Right, or, yeah, it's kind of... When I'm really suspicious is when it looks like just a throwaway hand-wavy thing. Like, just... In one spot, it's like, eh, we give uh, some profit to whatever, like, some cause. But then, like, there's nothing else about it. Yeah. Whereas here, what makes it work is it has become a central point of the brand and the homepage and all of their communications. So here, I'm like, all right, I'm all in. But I think, like, you got to go. You need to really commit. They back it up with actual information. They're like, here's what we do. Here are the places. You can find them. We're telling you about them. You know, that sort of stuff. And I I remember the last time we talked about this, you know, I talked about how these type of things can be part of your post-purchase emails. So like we, um, you know, so they're going to have your zip code. So if I bought a Bombas socks right now, pick the top one from the zip code and in the post-purchase emails you send me, send me an send me an email about the harbor and that my purchase gave them money and here's more about what they do. So that sounds that, like a real nightmare to build, but I see your point. Is it? I mean, they have they have their database of places. They have my zip code because they ship me the socks. And I guarantee there's someone who's like, well, with Zapier and Airtable, I could make that work. <laughs> like my project manager recently started using Airtable, um, and I'm like, wow, I'm pretty sure you could get this thing to do about just whatever. See, in this situation, I'm the store owner with the big ideas, so I just get to wave my hand and go, make that work, <laughs> and, rely on you, and rely on you to do it. You're but the I, vision guy, I'm, I'm just the, the hands. Yeah, exactly. No, but I think that would be great if you could do something like that, because like, that would give the harbor more exposure, that would make people feel better about Bombas, that like, you know, this is real shit that's happening. Maybe they do do that. That would be know. cool. So I think uh, in this episode, we've never done this. Let's walk through actually buying something. I'm going to buy something here. All right, you buy them because I don't, I don't care about socks. You're a real socks guy. Yeah, I'm, I got opinions on socks. Um, so it's the summer, so I think uh, we need to go with some no-show socks. All right? Well, first, this main menu is, is pretty awesome. It's a good mega menu. It's very easy to navigate. Like, I've not actually been on this site before, and I knew immediately, like, I want to buy socks. So, men, socks, and clearly this is arranged by bestsellers, um, socks, and by, it's arranged by how I would shop for them, by height, no-show. That's fabulous. This makes life very easy. Mm-hmm. And I like that they've, they're doing a bundle discount over here, and they called it out in red. You know, and maybe the way, like, CSS-wise, if you wanted to implement this on your own store... You could set up a CSS rule called last of type. So you go, in this list, the last item is always red. That, that's a way to, like, if you've got something you know in your mega menu in Shopify that you want to be bold or a different color, that's um, an easy way to do it with CSS. No offense to our store owners, but if any of our store owners implement something involving nth of type, post that in the group, because I doubt anyone's doing it. <laughs> well, and I've said that before, like, HTML and CSS are, if you're a merchant, knowing that is a superpower. That just unlocks so much uh, customization for your site. All right, I'm clicking on uh, socks by height, no show. So now I'm on the collection page for men's no show socks. Oh, this is good. I mean, this is really goes overboard. I mean, so they got the, they got the color swatches in the collection items. We have to talk about the hero image. Oh, you're right. They photograph the hero image or combine two images. But either way, this the hero image graphic or photograph was created with the collection page in mind. Because look how well it frames um, the, the collection title. And then below it, they've got the col- there's a collection filter right here. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This links to the other collections. Yeah, this goes... Like, no, which... It, it doesn't actually change the collection. It just takes you to a different collection that has... That's, like, narrower. If they could do this if they wanted to. I'm sure there's a reason, but if they wanted to, they could do this where it's... It filters by tag. This is way so, easier. I mean, this is easier, though, I think. Yeah. Like, it would have to be collection slash men's socks slash 
lightweight. Yeah. So of the socks uh, here, I don't know that I've ever owned merino wool. And I love merino wool. So should I click on merino wool? Or do we want to talk about this page? Well, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just a collection. It'll take you to the merino wool collection. All right, I'm doing it. I'm on men's merino wool socks now. What is a merino? And why did we kill it for its wool? <laughs> we didn't kill uh, it. We, sh- we shaved it. Well, <laughs> merino wool, uh, I do not know what it's made from, what makes it merino wool, but it's a finer, lighter cotton or finer, lighter wool. So you get the, the anti-stink properties of wool, but with like the cool practicality of cotton. Is it like a different kind of sheep or is it like you do a thing to the normal sheep wool? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm not. Uh, so you, you've just been snowed. A rancher. By, you've been snowed by branding, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> I've I've owned some merino wool items that I, I had a merino wool hoodie that I loved. All right, back to business. All right. Anyway, so they got all these swatches on here. Uh, when you click on the swatches, it swaps out uh the product photo in the collection item. And on uh, hover, you get an add to cart button. That's not annoying. That's, and then hover over the add to cart button. Yeah, and then it sh- it has the sizes in there, which is crazy. It's like oh, so. That's you, awesome. You just then just click XL and it just adds it. Oh yeah, it just adds it straight there. That's would like would you be able to build something like this? Uh, well, having it like then add the specific selected variants. I don't know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> Me telling you right now how I would do it, you will not receive an answer. If you're so like, the answer is, if you're like, you got to research it. If you're like, Paul, figure out how to do this. I'll be like, cool. Talk to you next week. <laughs> I, it's so cool. I want to do it on something. I would love to see a heat map. I wonder how many people actually use this. Cause like I am about to spend $53 on four pairs of socks and that's a 5% pack savings. And so I, I'm going to click through onto the, the product detail page. And part of the reason I'm going to do that is because there are sizes and I need to know what size corresponds to what. I'm assuming hey, I'm a large. Hang on. I have a problem in that, like, on. so you know how, like, the collection images, they kind of fade in a little bit? They do? When you hit refresh. All right, let me refresh it. They got, like, a real quick fade effect on them where they, oh, like, blink. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Like Seems once, unnecessary. Once every 10 page loads, it doesn't fade it in. So they're just, like, ghosted pure white images. And so, we have seen, we've like seen I got it right consistently now. that anytime you mess around with uh, image loading like that, where often the way it works is like the image is set to opacity uh, zero and then it like fades it back in quickly, it can fail. It's just, it's not worth it. I always turn the image effect, image loading effects off. I have sent to you, avoid trouble. I have sent you a Skype chat. Uh, all right. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Let me put that in front of the screen. I don't know if it'll show in the screen share, but I see that. Yeah. And it's not great. <laughs> so, yeah, don't don't screw with, like, fade images in effect. Like, it, I, there have been multiple times. We've had it happen. Multiple stores, different clients of ours, where they're like, my product form has disappeared. I can't. No one can buy anything. And what happened was the theme or somebody put a cool thing where it's like, oh, well, the product form doesn't actually just blink into place like every other website. It does a cool f- transition where it starts out completely invisible and then slowly becomes visible. Okay, cool. The problem is if there's like a weird funky JavaScript thing or like the browser bars for some reason or there's something going on. Or the internet hiccups. There's an internet hiccup. Uh, the form just stays invisible and then never fades into place, and everyone's going, okay, well, I can't buy anything now because everything's invisible. Like, where'd it go? There's nothing here. And that it, yeah, that's the danger with these effects. Yeah, or, or they hiccup, and then it just ends up in a state where it's not the state you wanted it to be in. Yeah, you know what? And I'm, like, increasingly anti-design. I'm like, that's just extra nonsense. Get rid of it. <gasps> um, what have yeah. you done with Kurt? <laughs> This site is beautiful, um, but I'm still, I'm like still, I'm still riding that Pit Vipers high, which I did receive my Pit Viper sunglasses, and I love them. Thank you. So last thing on this collection page I really like is that it presents you the savings as a percentage, 
in addition to just showing like their retail price is striked out as a strike through the um and then it shows me the the sale price and then it says five percent pack savings i think that's cool all right i'm going to click on the product detail page for the no show sock four pack it's very fancy this is nice and also not unlike the Allbirds layout. It's not the same, but it's not that different. What does full product details do? Whoa! Why is this just not on the page? Like, look at... Click on that full product details link. Where are you seeing that? It's right below the description. I see details, and then there's tech and materials. Okay, I think we're on different pages. I'm going to send you a link. I'm on the men's lightweight merino wool no-show sock four-pack. All right, you said- oh, we might be in different split tests. What? Whoa! I don't know. I just got, you know, there's there's the sizes, then there's add to cart, then there's details with like, and it's got two little tabs. And then you scroll down more and there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, at the it says, so it's the cart form description. And then there's a link underneath it that says full product details. That opens a modal window that has the description, the materials and care, and a features column that has lovely illustrations that I'm like, the, why did you hide all this behind a single text link? All right, I sent, my, I sent my page. Okay, the page you're looking at is completely different than the one I'm looking at. Oh man, those... Mine's very simple. Yours is like really got a fancy layout and design. All right, what I like about this page... They make the sizing very clear. The variant buttons are really clear. Um, again, they've got that commitment to making it clear um, that it is a, a product with a social mission in that now that I'm looking at a four-pack, under the add-to-cart form, it says four purchased equals four donated. Uh, I believe it says that above the product title, not below the add-to-cart form. Again, that's because you're on... <laughs> yeah, your split <laughs> that's test. That's my it's joke. Interesting. Yeah, mine's a very basic page, and you've got, like, a really fancy page. So they're trying to figure out if a new design works better or not. I'm probably in the control. To confirm that, what would be nice is if under this, since they've clearly built a custom form here, and it says size L, if it had, as part of the button, it said, like, shoe size, and then told me the range. Where does it say that on yours? It says, above the size picker, it says, like, size M, U.S. shoe size, six and a half to eight and a half. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, that's where it says it for me, too. I'm saying make it a part of that button. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, they're right yeah. next to each other. Yeah, that is a minor complaint. All right, I shall click add to bag. Well, note if you if you uh, click on the unavailable sizes, it says notify me, when as we learned earlier, it should say oh, pre-order. It should be a pre-order. Well, and that's interesting because that's yours. When I pick a size, it just says sold out <laughs> if it's an unavailable size. My page is way better. It doesn't hide yeah. any content. <laughs> I know, the screen share would be better if I got if I was in your split test. Um. All right, then when you click add to cart, on mine, it did something cool. The button color changed to indicate that I'd added it to the bag, and then my drawer cart opened. Oh, I didn't notice the button change. But yeah, I got it. Oh, yeah, it is, it's It's now white. That just might be like a, and now it won't go back. Mine tur went changed from blue to green. It looked very intentional. And then after a few moments, it flipped back. Uh, mine went from blue to white, and now it's always white and won't change back. So I think it's got some weird, like, active state that's not turning off. Okay. <laughs> Uh, their drawer cart's very straightforward, but it, it's very nice. Score! Your order qualifies for free U.S. shipping. That's right. I like that message. And clearly it's dynamic. It's very nice. Um, and then they do a thing I've seen a few other sites do. The checkout button, rather than have a subtitle field, the price, the subtitle price is just part of the checkout button. It says checkout dash 5320. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's... So they'll... If they wanted to, they could improve this by adding some extra, like, objection busters into the drawer cart. Upsells. Like, satisfaction guaranteed. Cross-sells. Um, the, the, the purchased equals donated thing is not in the cart, and it's, like, clearly has been... Uh, it's on the homepage. It's on the product pages. Hey, why not do it in the cart, too? I'm going to click checkout. Let's see what we got here. Once I'm in the checkout... It is just the standard Shopify checkout. I'm going to attempt... Uh, are you familiar with Honey? It's a Chrome extension? Uh, you've mentioned it. I think it's like finds 
product codes or whatever. Yep. Coupon codes. And it works with Shopify checkout. So it popped open and it says, coupons found, apply 10 coupons. And when I click it, it is now going to uh, run through and just start applying coupon codes to see what kind of discount it can get me. Let's run it. It's like more than halfway through. This thing's free too. PayPal. I think PayPal bought it um, not long ago. All right. Come on. It tests all 10 coupons. It's about to tell me my savings. It ha I've saved $10.64 with the coupon code skim. So, honey, cool extension. Continue to check out. The thing that surprises me here is this is just the like entirely standard Shopify checkout. They put in their logo, and then nothing else about this has changed. The labels are all the same. Uh, the button colors are the default that Shopify gives you, oh, and th the fonts are the standard. Well, I think that, that light blue, that the continue to shipping button, that's the same as the light blue on all of the product page. Maybe not on your oh, product really? page, on my product page. <laughs> so at least that fits a little bit. But yeah, you know, the the front end of the site is very much is all in on this blue color as part of their background. I would pop that in and have it as a background on the on the checkout. I have, I filled in my info um, for my, my shipping address. I'm going to leave it checked. My, I'm going to opt into the newsletter so I can see what their post-purchase flow looks like later and turn that into some social media content for myself. And Matt Brody, you have to edit out my address and phone number and email. <laughs> no. Matt, people edit that out. People need to be able to contact you. Please no. They'll be like, hey, I have opinions. You're oh. like, Black Lives Matter, cops are bad. Here's my address. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, geez, Rick. Um, the shipping method. All right, here I found the first customization they've done. The There's a note, and we've done this a lot for Shopify Plus clients uh, because they can customize the checkout. Be beneath shipping method, it says, orders placed by noon ET ship the same day. Well, that's a missed opportunity. You could do a countdown timer where it's like, you know, order in the next 59 minutes and your order ships same day. So I like that would be cool if it were a countdown timer in the checkout that could be on the product page. But I also get that they don't necessarily want maybe it could be in the cart, but I get that like this the design of this site is very clean and maybe they're like a con countdown timer just does not work with that. They offer me three shipping options in which this is not carrier calculated. This is literally just it appears to be um, price or weight based rules. So very standard stuff. Um and they offer me standard shipping, UPS two-day, UPS overnight. And then they have written in parentheses, please allow X days for delivery. This is great. It is very clear what, how they're going to ship my item um, and how long I have to wait for it. So they're setting those expectations. And the advantage to what, like, so it's four bucks for um, the standard shipping. One thing I've seen people do is, like, in here, include the free shipping threshold to encourage people to go back um, and add shipping. The downside is previously I qualified for free shipping. Now I don't because of my coupon code. Oh, yeah. But I think net it's still lower. So I'm, I'm sticking with my I'm going to pay the four bucks for shipping, though. It, it hurts my soul. I wonder if they do like a, uh, any, anything post purchase. So, all right, I'm putting my credit card in here again. Matt, do not. Show people my credit card number. <laughs> we could just like skip this part, just fade out of you filling in all the stuff and fade it in later. All right, $49 is what I'm paying $10 for a pair of socks. My order is processing. Here we go. Thank you, Kurt. Your order is confirmed. Oh, I went through all that and I was really hoping there would be like something special or different. Oh, yes, it worked. Okay, on once the order confirmation page loaded, there's a pop-up. It says, get $20 towards your next purchase. Share 25% off Bombas with your friends and family. You'll get $20 to spend on Bombas for yourself. And then they, again, they talk about, for every pair of Pride Socks purchased, we'll donate a pair to people in need, et cetera, et cetera. The, this is great. Be, what we know about, so this is, um, uh, 
not a loyalty program, uh, a referral program, affiliate program. The advantage to this is you're going to turn, like right when people are excited about their purchase, when they first made it, is when they're most likely to share it. And that's why they've got, they do this pop-up right here, post-purchase immediately. My only criticism of it is there's no, I literally don't know how you do it. There's no button. There's no call to action. There's no instructions. My only thing I could do is close it. Yeah. So even if I wanted to do what they offered me, I don't know how. <laughs> it was not clear. Okay. And then they also, uh, post-purchase asked, how did you hear about us? And there's like a drawer part that popped up. Yeah. Kate, did you hear about us on cable, Hulu, Facebook, podcast, etc.? That's cool. Uh, I have heard their serious radio commercials. So I'm going to check radio. Oh, and then it keeps going. Serious. All right. That Boma, you know what I like about that Boma site is it's large. It, it is extremely clean and minimal um, and fairly no nonsense. And they just really focused hard on um, building a site that showcases their content where they've got great photos and message, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. There's great photos, great messaging. There's no real doodads. Like, it's all just straightforward. Like, if you know, if you want to buy stuff, go here. If you want to learn more about us, go here. And they just do it. I mean, in uh, the navigation, it's just bombas and then women, men, kids about help size guide. Like, there's nothing, uh, nothing stupid up there, nothing that distracts from the focus of the site up there. It's uh that that that's my word for it. It's focused. It's really well put together and focused. They clearly cared about their imagery. I like uh yeah, focused is good. Um it's edited. It has a lot of self-restraint. You know, it's very easy to be like, let's add this that this app and this app and this widget. And if you could go, no, it's gonna detract from the overall experience. Yeah, there are no apps and widgets on this site whatsoever. Not until you get to the post purchase. It's delightful. And my guess is there. Um, in the post-purchase is like, it's just the most practical way to do it. So, Bombus, good job. And I'm excited to get these socks. Huh. All right. Any closing thoughts, Mr. Rita? How's your new house? Uh, I'm moving on Tuesday, the day that this publishes. I will be moving. So Congratulations. Hopefully, I will be fine and all my stuff will be okay. <laughs> uh it will be. It'll go fine. Oh no, I don't. I don't own, any, own anything. It'll be real quick. <laughs> don't own anything. Yeah, you're kind of a, like a minimal minimalist in that sense. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think we've talked about this and that we're very much like we don't spend very much, but when we do spend on something, we're like we're getting the best thing. Not necessarily the most expensive thing, but the best one. Yeah, the subjective best. Yeah, we're not going to buy too many things, but when we do, it'll be the best thing. Oh, no, I have a spending problem. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I have so much so much guilt about my kids being trapped in the house with us for months on end and not being able to, like, you know, see anybody, go on vacation. So I'm just, like, making it rain toys and video games in here. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to come over and be like, uh, can I get... And it doesn't work for you. I heard You're not cute. I heard there was new PlayStation games at your house. I would like to also play with the PlayStation games. <laughs> Join us in the Facebook group. Search Unofficial Shopify Podcast and join the Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders group on Facebook. And if you've got your Facebook ads questions, look out. I got a post coming up in which I will ask for your top concerns and questions around Facebook ads. And Kurt Bullock and I will do an episode about it in the future. Um, and until then, please uh, go out, live your best life. And if you believe in something, don't be afraid to, to share that on social media. Fight the power. Big news from our friends at Out of the Sandbox this month. Their newest theme just launched. It's called Flux. And it's for those of us who loved all the bells and whistles and turbo, but thought, I need more of this. That's where Flex is a game changer for you. It can be configured in an endless number of ways, thanks to more layout and section options than ever, more granular control of settings, and easy addition of custom CSS through the theme editor. It's perfect for development agencies like ourselves, as well as e-commerce entrepreneurs like you looking to create a unique online store experience for your customers. Now, here's the coolest part. Flex has a new Demo Shop Import feature that allows you to fast-track your shop setup based on any of 12 demo shops. 
you get all of the theme settings, layouts, content, and sections used in that demo shop of your choice applied automatically to your store. You can check Flex out right now at outofthesandbox.com. And if you like it, take 20% off the purchase price when you use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's outofthesandbox.com and code PODCAST20. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.